Welcome to episode 38 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-averse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Tricio. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good. I'm excited uh, for today's episode. Even though it's a movie, I didn't remember existed from f- <laughs> five years ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah, as we kind of talked about last week, uh, we're kind of at that weird period in this when every season of Complete Works uh, where we've caught up to where we were podcasting about movies. Yeah. Right. Like on other podcast film bookcast, we would be talking about uh, all kinds of, you know, new releases and stuff. And so I have vague memories of Morgan coming out, but we did not talk about it on uh, film bookcast at the time. Like might go to the movies now. It didn't rise to the status of needing a film bookcast uh, episode about it. You know? Right. Exactly. And we only we reserve that for the highest caliber of films exclusively, uh, if I recall correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just constantly waiting for the new mutants to come out so we could finally do an episode <laughs> on it. And then I think ultimately we never even did an episode on the new mutants. <laughs> I think we just did a discussion for it, but I, I think don't... it was like a long discussion in, in a discussions, but uh, we never yeah. like actually had an actual new mutants episode. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, but last week we talked about Mechanic Resurrection, uh, a movie that ended up being a somewhat surprising box office success. And most of that's due to the international box office. Today, we're talking about a movie with a stacked cast, a sci-fi premise that riffed on the success of another recent film, and the director is the son of one of the most influential filmmakers of the last 30 years. And yet, with all that in its corner, this movie was a huge bomb. It, uh, (laughs) It did not do well. In fact, today's movie was one of the worst openers of the summer of 2016, and it had one of the worst openings ever for a film that was released on more than 2,000 screens. What? Yes. Uh, the film did so poorly that the studio pulled it from theaters just two weeks into its run. <laughs> um, it ultimately ba- it just barely made back its budget of $8 million. So it made like $8.8 million, uh, and then you factor in marketing costs and all that kind of stuff. Like It, it did very bad. Yeah, 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 you do a little uh, Hollywood accounting, and it's and it's a total loss. Um, yes, that's crazy. That's insane. What a what a wild fact to know about this movie. Yeah, and it's always these kind of movies too, where it's like, oh yeah, this movie had the worst opening weekend ever put to ever in history, and it's always like some movie that's no one ever, no one's ever heard about. It's not like yeah. a legendarily bad movie or something. It's always just like this movie that didn't really have anything going for it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to hear that, like, they had to pull the ripcord and get it removed from theaters after only two weeks. Yeah. Uh, when that's like, if a movie is in two weeks now, <laughs> it's like doing pretty good. It's doing theaters. all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it all began in 2014 when the script for this movie appeared on the blacklist. Uh, it caught the eye of Ridley Scott, who set it up with 20th Century Fox to distribute. Uh, Ridley Scott's son, Luke Scott, who had been directing second unit on his father's films in the years beforehand, like Exodus Gods and Kings and The Martian, uh, he was set to make this film his feature debut. And the huge ensemble cast came together, and guess what? Michelle Yeoh is one of them, which means it's time for us to talk about Morgan. Very happy to have you here, Lee. I imagine that's not exactly true. Doctor, this is Lee Weathers from corporate. I'm just looking for some information about Morgan. Morgan was our third attempt, our little breakthrough. It's the next step in evolution. It's bioengineered with synthetic DNA. Within a month, walking and talking. Within six months, it exceeds our wildest expectations. I'd like to discuss the incident, if that's okay. She had a tantrum. There was joy in her heart before we shoved her back in that box. You're feeling a little sad, Morgan? Yes. Do you like it here? Yes. What do you like about it? I like my friends. Do you think they treat you like a friend? 
I mean, you think it's normal for friends to lock each other in cages? What would you do if I recommended that you should not be allowed to leave this room? What if I recommended that you be terminated? We should end this. Answer me! What would you do? Where's Morgan? Initiating lockdown. What you don't understand is... Ten. Morgan is still evolving. Nine. The people in this house are in danger. Eight. It needs to be terminated. Seven. Six. Don't be afraid. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. I'm starting to feel like myself. So Morgan is a sci-fi thriller that features Michelle Yeoh as Dr. Liu Chang, a doctor who acts as a kind of surrogate mother to Morgan, an artificial being who has spent her whole life in a lab. Now, Morgan herself is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, literally her second film ever. Wild. This is her second movie. Her first movie was The Witch. Which was, oh, that came out in 2015, right? I think yes. The Witch? Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a year after The Witch came out. And so, you know, The Witch, uh, a pretty you know, solid indie hits, you know, maybe not like a mainstream success, but certainly a lot of people saw it. Uh, and it was definitely a very early, like, mm, Anya Taylor-Joy, she's got something here, you know? Yeah, a lot of b- buzz generator, you know? Exactly. And so uh, The Witch Rules also, people should go watch The Witch if they haven't seen it. But yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy was cast in Morgan off the strength of The Witch. She is here. Uh, there are also glimpses of a young Morgan throughout the film, uh, played by Amy Beth McNulty, who is best known for the Netflix series uh, Anne with an E. Uh, which is a show that uh, I I remember after Netflix canceled that show, every reply on any tweet Netflix had for like three years was like, save hand with an E. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was that. Uh, I've never seen a frame of the show. I only know it for the fan campaign to try to save it, which was unsuccessful. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely remember hearing about that title. And um, I guess due to podcast time travel, this episode has not come out yet. But when we talk about Marco Polo, I don't know if you saw the stuff coming on with the writer strike, uh, the negotiations and things about... Uh, in that Marco Polo episode, we talk about like, yeah, Netflix cancels shows after two seasons and all that crap. And it turns out it's because that's how they pay people now is based on yeah. if you go to season three, season two, whatever, your your wage increases. So uh, all the showrunners and stuff, that's their contracts. And that's why they cancel things early now is so you never have to be they don't have to pay you more. Exactly. Uh, so on top of all the quote unquote, no new subscribers thing. And the algorithm deciding things are being canceled. Uh, it's because they don't want to pay people. So that's yep, fun. yeah, exactly. So uh, and with an E, a show that no longer exists, probably for uh, those reasons. Uh, but yep. Amy Beth McNulty was in it. She was also in Stranger Things season four. She was the girl that Maya Hawk had a crush on in the most recent season. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, and a Kate Mara, best known for TV shows like American Horror Story and House of Cards. Speaking of Netflix, uh, she plays Lee Weathers, a risk management specialist working for the company Sinsect, who has been assigned to assess the potential threat of Morgan after an incident. Uh, other people in the facility include Toby Jones from Harry Potter and Captain America as Dr. Simon Ziegler, uh, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones as Dr. Amy Menser. She was Egrets on Game of Thrones, Jon Snow's uh, lover. Boyd Holbrook from Logan and the Sandman as Skip Vronsky, uh, the cook jennifer jason lee who was kind of seeing a career resurgence around this time post the hateful eight uh she plays dr kathy grief chris sullivan from this is us as dr darren finch and paul giamatti shows up uh who around this time was also in straight out of compton he plays dr alan shapiro uh, it's all, definitely ben shapiro in the movie you, you know in the movie i think his name is ben shapiro it's, it's like somebody said ben but if you look at the wikipedia and imdb it's alan he 100% uh, says Dr. Ben Shapiro, which is okay. the weirdest fucking thing. That is very strange. Yeah, because that my ears also perked up at that moment, and I was wondering if I misheard the movie. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Uh, and according to Wikipedia, it's Alan, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, Paul Giamatti plays either Alan or Ben Shapiro in this movie. Uh, and also, Jim Bryce, the head of the company, is played by Brian Cox, who the kids these days know best as Logan Roy from Succession. Classic. Yes. And those McDonald's commercials. And those as well, of course. Uh, crazy cast. This is an insanely stacked lineup of people. <laughs> it's been, it's truly bananas, the people that are in this movie. Yes. Uh, so the movie is written by Seth Owen and directed by Luke Scott. Uh, it remains Luke Scott's only feature film to date, although he has directed some other Ridley Scott-related things, uh, shorts related to Alien Covenant and Blade Runner 2049. He also directed a few episodes of Raised by Wolves, which Ridley Scott produced on HBO Max. Yeah, it's weird when you hear like, oh, Ridley Scott's son directed this because that, in my mind, I picture like 
a 25, 30 year old like kid who's that kind of thing. Yeah. Luke Scott was in his 50s when he directed more. I mean, uh, Ridley Scott's like 90, isn't he? Exa- yeah, exactly. But you know, whenever you hear like somebody's kid directed it, it's like, oh yeah, the the next generation of talent. And it's like, oh no, this is like a, from a generation ago. Yeah. Uh, like he was the art director on 1492, Ridley Scott's Christopher Columbus movie. Wow. <laughs> from the early 90s. Uh, so yeah, he's been around a while, but this is the only feature film that he's actually directed. Uh, and as mentioned, movie completely bombed at the box office opening to number 18 on September 2nd, 2016 in wide release, 2000 screens. <laughs> that's bananas. Yeah, that's real bad. Uh, also opening that weekend at number six was The Light Between Oceans, uh, directed by Derek C. in France and starring Michael Fassbender and Alicia Vikander. And I had to like Google it to make sure if I had seen this movie or not, because I think I was mixing it up with a different thing. I have not seen The Light Between Oceans. <laughs> Okay, all right. I have vague memories of it being a movie when it was coming out, though. It's from the director of Place Beyond the Pines. It's ironic that Alicia Vikander had a movie come out the week that Morgan came out, though. That's also true. (laughs) That's fun. Yes, uh, the rest of the top 10 uh, is mostly the same as last week because this is only a week after Mechanic Resurrection. So Don't Breathe, Suicide Squad, Kubo and the Two Strings, Pete's Dragon, Sausage Party, War Dogs, Hell or High Water got in there this time around. Uh, Bad Moms, and hey, look at that. Mechanic Resurrection taking the number 10 spot. Good for them, you know? Yes, absolutely. So the IMDb plot synopsis from Morgan reads, a corporate risk management consultant must decide whether or not to terminate an artificially created humanoid being. So Mike, going into Morgan, uh, I think like we kind of both said, I have a vague memory of this movie coming out. You did not. You had no knowledge of this movie's existence. It's a memory hold. Gone. Didn't exist. Uh, So going into Morgan, what did you expect from it? And what are your overall thoughts on the movie? Um, I mean, it's definitely a bad sign that I literally didn't know it existed and it came out a couple of years ago um, and it has a cast this stacked. So I was like kind of nervous going in. I think when I like started looking at the like Wikipedia page and the poster and some like screenshots and stuff on IMDb, I was kind of like, oh, I think I vaguely remember this trailer. It's or starting to come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're like, oh, yeah, Morgan from 2016, nothing blank slate. Yeah. Um, I ended up uh, overall like it's not a good movie, but it's not that bad. I, it doesn't deserve to have been the complete and utter failure and potential career killer for uh, Luke Scott or whatever. I mean, I guess he always has worked with Ridley Scott and is still working on, or in Ridley Scott involved things. So good for him, I guess. Get that yeah. bag. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. It's it's a lesser ex machina with more famous people in it, which is very weird. Um, yeah. I do resent the potential to have Toby Jones play a German scientist because his name is Ziegler, but he doesn't say, but too bad you won't be alive to see it. Um, <laughs> like a squandered my, opportunity, I think. My favorite line in any Marvel movie is... Uh, yes, yeah. correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a, a down the middle. Is this robot alive? Is it a person? Do, are we all... What's all going on here in this kind of uh, remote facility summer camp thing they all got going on? Um I think all the performances are pretty good. I think maybe the script is like kind of weak, I guess would be the, the the downside to it. It looks real pretty, but it's definitely like a 45 minutes in. I was watching it with a couple of friends and we're like, oh, so how much you want to bet this, this and this. And then yeah. all those things are all true. And you're like, well, OK, all right. Um, which is pretty, you know, that was fun in the, in the moment. But if I had gone to a theater in 2016, I'd probably be pissed or whatever. But yeah, I think it's I think it's perfectly fine. It's a perfectly fine kind of thriller. I like everyone involved in it, all the performances, all the actors and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Morgan, it's all right. Yeah, uh, Mike, I'm right there with you. I think it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, think it deserves as bad as it got, uh, but it's nothing nothing great. Yeah, it's it's a moderate amount of fun. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a movie that dares to ask the question: What if Ex Machina wasn't as good? Right. Uh, you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and despite its reputation, you know, I did have some fun. I think it's a very slight movie. I mean, it's it's like ninety minutes. It's in and yeah. out. Uh, it's kind of dumb, masquerading as kind of smart. Uh, you know, and uh, I think the last thirty minutes really don't make any kind of sense. But. You've got a really fun cast here. It's really fun to see them all. I think Paul Giamatti especially is killing oh, it baby, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he he's only in like the middle 10 minutes uh, and then his character gets killed off. And just he 
dives right into it. He's he's really fun in this. It's kind of like a like yeah, like they spend the first half of the movie being like, we gotta wait for Doctor Shapiro to get here, and then yeah. when he shows up, you're like, Doctor Shapiro's here, baby. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> and this was like in a weird period where like he was in Straight Outta Compton, and then he was also in San Andreas around this time. Uh, right. And San Andreas is like a, a sort of a similar character to this, where he's just like a really intense scientist. Uh, and I used to like the. I think this is in the trailer for San Andreas. It's also in the movie because I saw it in theaters. He has a line in San Andreas where he's talking about the earthquake and he says, you will feel it on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> and, and I would say that all the time when San Andreas was coming out. It was the best. He, he sells crazed scientists so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when he's just interrogating Morgan, uh, kind of like the movie's like really big set piece. Uh, it's very, very fun. It is pretty cool that the big like linchpin of the whole movie is this like conversation, right? The psych evaluation thing that she has to go through. Um, yeah. And it's not like a big action thing. It's just like this intense one-on-one scene that they have to do, you know? It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the cast is really fun. It all looks pretty good. Like, I think it's really well staged. Uh, I was kind of just delighted by kind of the dumb insanity of the twist at the end. I thought that was like just a fun, like, ah, that's that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't dislike Morgan. I didn't love it or anything like that, but I had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think maybe it's it's big knock uh, against it potentially is similar to Mechanic Resurrection. It's kind of squandering of Michelle Yeoh, over, in my opinion. Yeah, a squandering of a lot of its cast, really. Yeah, I mean, well, that's like it's, it's a very big, fun ensemble cast. Uh, and really, the only ones that get much to do are Paul Giamatti, who kills it. Yeah. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, because she is Morgan. Um, and so she's in a lot of the movie. Uh, and it's really, I think it's really interesting to see her in this role and have this be literally her second movie ever. Like, she's about to blow up in a pretty big way. Uh, you know, because at this point, you know, I think it's really like Queen's Gambit when that comes out that kind of like makes her a more well-known person, I guess, right? Uh, maybe, I guess. I feel like Split also, which I think is the year after this. That's true. Yeah, Split uh, really just a few months later. I think this is like September 2016. Split was in January of 2017. So really just like a few months later, Split comes out. Uh, and yeah, but I think Split was more sold on James McAvoy being like the oh, yeah. star of that movie. Um, but yeah, she is obviously, she's the main girl in Split. Uh, and so more people saw that. So I think it might have just been like a kind of a gradual star buildup kind of thing. But I really think the Queen's Gambit is the one where like, and I haven't seen Queen's Gambit. So, <laughs> so to be, to be fair, but just in terms of like what I've observed from pop culture, uh, it seems like Queen's Gambit is the thing where like a lot of people got really into that show and I like, really appreciated on Joy's performance. Uh, and it was like after that, like, Hey, she's hosting SNL and she's doing all this stuff. So right. yeah, I feel like Queen's Gambit was part of it. And now she's princess peach in the Mario movie. So that's right. She's made it, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> new mutants finally came out. So good for Anya Taylor. Joy. <laughs> forgot she was in that. <laughs> me. Uh, me too uh, yes it's actually it's probably good for her that, that movie's kind of buried uh yeah yeah, yeah. uh but yeah now she, you know she's working with eggers again she was in the northman i think she's in a, his next movie is she in the nosferatu uh remake probably. that he's doing um but yeah she, she's just popping up in a lot of stuff recently and she's a really great presence and she's made a lot of uh you know inroads in indie film thoroughbreds was a really yeah, good one love like thoroughbreds that, like that movie a lot uh and i think she is really good casting for Morgan um, because there is this sort of like weirdly alien quality to Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, it's the eyes, man. They're just like so big and like just a, a slightly off center. It's, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think I think especially at this time too, you know, Morgan is, they keep, they like keep hammering home that Morgan is only five years old, like that yeah. she's like matures at a much faster rate than a normal human. Um, so like that kind of weirdly childlike thing that, Anya Taylor-Joy's got going on in 2016 and 2015 in The Witch. Also, she's, I think, like, her character is, like, 14 or whatever in that movie. Um, yeah. And then also, like, really intense and scary and malicious. Uh, so, yeah, she's, she nails it really well as Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. So she gets a lot to do. Paul Giamatti gets a lot to do. I would say maybe beyond them, I guess, like, Rose Leslie would be, like, the next person who gets, like, some stuff to do. Uh, Egret from Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, which, who, which, that it is weird that they sort of imply that she's in, like, a real romantic relationship with or thinks she's in one with Morgan who they spend a lot of time hammering home she's five years old <laughs> <You know? laughs> like it is very strange um, sure yeah uh, and then, yeah, and then I guess Kate Mara would be the next one. Yeah, me. yeah, I suppose that's true, too. Uh, and I think Kate Mara's pretty good in this, too. As some, like, I think she does a pretty good job of not giving away the twist in her yeah. performance. But at the same time, once you find out the twist, it's like, yep, that makes sense. That tracks based on what, what you've seen. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was the thing that my friends and I were like, or one of my friends was like, I bet that this is the thing. And we were like, ah, yeah, okay, probably. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, it's the thing. And then certainly there it was. Um, but but like the rest of the cast, I mean, you have Michelle Yeoh, who uh, is kind of set up as like a pretty important figure in Morgan's life. She's like considered her mother or whatever, right? Right. Uh, and then that, so that's like a key relationship that Morgan like ends up destroying at the end. But you don't get too much of that. Uh, but when the, when Michelle Yeoh does show up, it's like, oh man, Michelle Yeoh's here. One of those yeah. situations where it's like she's introduced last. She interrupts dinner and everyone, everyone stands, stands up. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I was like, I love a movie that that recognizes that Michelle Yeoh has appeared and has all the characters get out of their chair <laughs> for Michelle Yeoh to walk in the scene. But but outside of like showing up and delivering a couple of like cool dial- like lines of dialogue, she doesn't get too much to do. I also think Jennifer Jason Leigh gets completely shafted in this movie. Yeah, um, absolutely like, wasted. When you first see her, she gets stabbed by Morgan in like security footage. Yeah. And then you get introduced to her. She's in bed recovering. And then literally like she like gets up and is like, hey, what's going on? And then like Morgan kills her on the way to going to Michelle Yeoh. And yeah. like just, she gets nothing to do. Like, well, I guess you're in, you guess you're here. So I might as well kill you. Yeah, um, you're, you're in the way. It's the Simpsons bit where like Lenny shows up and uh, Flanders is like, and you, I don't know you, but I'm sure you're a jerk. And Lenny's like, hey, I've only been here a few minutes. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is absolutely that situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, good for Jennifer Jason Lee for getting, uh, you know, like being on set for one day and getting a paycheck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good for her. Yes. And she got to work with Alex Garland, uh, the, uh, later in, in Annihilation. So she, you know, she True. got the real thing a couple of years later. That's right. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of Michelle Yeoh's performance in this movie, Mike? Um, I think she does a really good job for what she's given. She uh, manages to portray that kind of like, you know, serious position of authority with like a deep history that is not really in the text of the movie at all. I mean, there's kind of that like one conversation where they talk about how like Michelle Yeoh was present at whatever happened in Helsinki uh, in the past that they kind of like reference a few times. Right. But she's only in a couple scenes and it, and it really actually, you know, to preempt your question a little bit, made me think of uh, how good she would have been as the captain in Sunshine. Because that's kind of the same role as what she's doing right. here. And we kind of talked about how she was offered that role originally, and she turned that one down to, to play someone else in the movie. Um, so this feels a lot very similar to that type of role. Um, but here we are, I guess, like 10 years later or whatever it is from when Sunshine came out. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice that she gets to play that kind of because like like we kind of said, like, oh, Michelle Yeoh's here and everyone gets up out of their chair and stuff. So yeah. it's cool to see the movie treat her with that respect. Um, overall, she's in like three or four scenes and then has one of the kind of rare on-screen deaths also for Michelle Yeoh. Yes, I forgot to update the list, but uh, yes, Michelle Yeoh's character does die in this movie along with just about everyone else. Everybody else, yeah. Yes, I think the only the only survivor of uh, of Morgan is Kate Mara's character. Yeah. Uh, but this makes this on-screen death number six for Michelle Yeoh out wow. of 38 films, starting, with, of course, with Executioners and then Shaolin Popey 2, Messy Temple, lest we forget, yep. uh, Sunshine, The Mummy 3, Babylon AD, and now Morgan. There it is. Racking them up. Um, exactly. She she does a good job, I guess, you know? I think overall, that's kind of everybody sort of gets like a kind of a little bit of a thin, weak character. Um, so I think she does a good job. Yeah, everybody kind of gets like one defining characteristic, right? And so Michelle Yeoh is kind of the mother of Morgan who's been doing this for a long time. Uh, Boyd Holbrook is like the cook. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> and that's it. He just wants to kiss people, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, she's totally fine. Uh, she's not given a ton to work with. Uh, and I, I do think that because her character has a connection to Morgan, it does give her a little bit more uh, weights than the rest of them. Like, they all have connections to Morgan in some way, but because Yo's been doing this and because Morgan refers to his mother, uh, there's the moment when they're about to kill Morgan and uh, Morgan's like begging for her life uh, on the like, strapped to the table. And she's like, mother, don't do this. And Yo is just like cold indifference to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, you have no mother. You know, that's ultimately what kind of spurs Morgan's killing spree. Uh, and so I thought Yo sold that really well. And like that, that relationship I thought was, you know, if that had been more fleshed out, like if this movie wasn't just in tight 90 minutes, maybe like, you know, 105 minutes or something and just giving us a little bit more uh, with Morgan and Yo, uh, there could have been a lot, there could have been something there, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that it feels pretty slight overall with everybody. But yeah, in, in particular, that relationship where it's like, yeah, you have Morgan calling her mother, but like we haven't really heard her say that ever before in the movie. It's never really come up that yeah, she, everyone else considers her Morgan's mother, even though she doesn't herself. But um, it's kind of like only in those final moments does does Morgan do that. 
Um, which maybe, I don't know, maybe that's maybe we give it a little more credit than it's due um, that Morgan seems to have manipulated all of these people into thinking they have relationships with Morgan. That like she knows that none of those things is real. None of this is real. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of our my, my friends and I's take on it. She has set up everybody to believe that they are in love with Morgan so that she can use them to escape uh, pretty much. Yeah, and that's exactly what she does. I mean, the whole thing made me want to just go back and rewatch Ex Machina. hundred um, percent, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that movie is really good. Uh, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. Uh, I saw it with you in theaters, yeah. actually. Uh, we saw that together. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Ex Machina, it's a weird case where it's, yeah, I think, like you said, it's a version of Ex Machina with a bigger budget, more famous people, a wide release, uh, and so much worse. Like, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> so much worse. Uh, no, nowhere near the cultural staying power that Ex Machina has had, which that's a movie that I think people still refer back to and talk about and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, just it's just weird to compare the two. It is. This is this is a weird this is a weird movie. I don't know how to like reconcile that its position in pop culture with that. It's like pretty good. I got or it's fine. You know, yeah, like it's, I, it's okay. Like I don't dislike. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's reputation or just complete lack of acknowledgement seems to imply it's like the worst thing ever put to film and it's just fine. Maybe it's this kind of like weird squandered potential with this cast and there and this pedigree and all this stuff that just kind of puts out like a down the, down the middle movie, but I don't know. More, it's fine. So how do you think this fits into the Yo roles that we've seen so far, Mike? Like I said, Sunshine, of course. And some of those more recent roles, and I think roles going forward too. I mean, we, we've kind of t- talked about this era in general of just kind of like Yo as part of an ensemble of, in some sort of position of authority with a history or like a knowledge of whatever is going on. So she, yeah, uh, like I, it's hard to pinpoint a sp- like other specific movies other than just like the last 10 episodes or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and maybe the next couple ones coming up to you, but all that. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest comparison is sunshine. Um, also a sci-fi thriller horror movie with a large ensemble effectively turns into a slasher at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, plus sunshine written by Alex Garland. Uh, and this movie also definitely riffing on the work of Alex Garland. Uh, That's true. That's a good so point. There's that. I was, I was kind of going through the yo filmography and, uh, trying to see, how many of Michelle Yeoh's American movies from 2000 onward are ones that I would consider really good? <laughs> you know? uh, okay, okay. Uh, so not not counting Tomorrow Never Dies, which I do enjoy, but like of of what we've covered so far since Crouching Tiger, the American movies, I got two American movies that I thought were really good. Yeah, <laughs> and they were Sunshine and Kung Fu Panda Two. <laughs> Like uh, <laughs> that, that was it. I, I could see maybe like an argument for memoirs of a geisha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, you know, at least that was like nominated for Oscars and stuff, but that's uh, a very substantial role also. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But uh, going through the filmography like that way and the way that we have has really given me like a greater appreciation a for Michelle Yeoh's work. Um, but also for how, what she talks about when she talks about how difficult it is to find quality roles as like an Asian woman in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see, I, I now see all the evidence to support that claim. You know, it's, it's right. all right there. Yeah. It's one of those things that like you never, you know, obviously as like white men in our third, you know, almost in our thirties for you. Um, I'm about to be in my thirties. Yes. Yeah. It's something that we don't even like think about or register for us. Um, but yeah, like once it's just presented for you in this way, it's like, Oh yeah, of course this is true that you right. know, whatever the whole Asian appearing character or Asian appearing person or whatever that the descriptor that she complained about in a lot of scripts and stuff, it's like all, it's all right here. Mechanic resurrection, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I really do, do think, I mean, and I enjoy mechanic resurrection, but I think that movie is the biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh that has ever been put to film. Yeah. Uh, pro- probably ever. Like, I mean, there's, there's more movies to come that I haven't seen yet. So who knows? But, <laughs> but I think mechanic resurrection, just in terms of like, you got an action movie here. You have Michelle Yeoh, you stick her on an Island and put her behind a bar and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? I mean, even, even this movie, it would be very out of place for her character, uh, Dr. Chang to like know martial arts in any sort of way. But like, <laughs> there's a couple of fist fights and you're yeah, like, and that's it. There's a couple of characters who just like really like wreck Morgan. Like, yeah, there's one moment where she, she's fighting, uh, Brenda, Darren's wife. Right. Yeah. And Bre- Brenda is doing like karate moves. Uh, it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Bizarre. I, I do think uh, the you know the uh, we're in kind of a slump period of Michelle Yeoh's career right now, but I think that's about to turn around pretty soon. Uh, because and I'm talking about like as far as the podcast goes. Right now, she's doing great in present in yes. present day, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about to turn around because we're going to talk about in the next few weeks her kind of pivot to TV with Strike Back and Marco Polo, and then Crazy Rich Asians like right around the corner. Like it's about right. to happen. 
Uh, and so that kind of kickstarts a new Michelle Yeoh renaissance that uh, we'll kind of get into. Uh, but let's run the movie down scene by scene. Let's get let's break down Morgan. Uh, so the movie opens up with uh, security footage where Morgan is meeting with uh, Dr. Grief, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, And it's some kind of like, you know, lunch thing, whatever. And then Morgan just climbs over the table and stabs Dr. Grief. Yeah, stabs her a whole bunch of times and certainly looks like she kills her. And yeah. it's like, no, she just lost her eye. But yeah, just having her name be Dr. Grief. Mwah, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> I think it's also funny that we're about to give this movie more attention than it's like ever gotten. <laughs> oh, 100%. Of yeah. this episode in general <laughs> and run down this movie. So yeah, this, this, uh, it is interesting too that like, like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, is that Jennifer Jason Lee? Cause she's, fi- she's filmed from behind or like yeah. a bird's eye view kind of thing. So you can't really see her. We recognize her voice. And then it seems like she dies, and you're like, "Why? What is, what's the point of having Jennifer Jason Levy in this? What's going on? Yeah, well, right after this, too, uh, we have uh, Lee Weathers driving around, uh, Kate Mara's character, and we have Brian Cox's voiceover explaining her mission. And I recognized his voice right away, and I was of like, is, is this all Brian Cox is going to be in the movie? <laughs> Absolutely. It, they, they hired him just for his voice. He does make like an on-camera appearance at the very end of the movie. Uh, so clearly he was on set for a day and just did his thing, and that was it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So Brian Cox's voiceover is explaining Weathers uh, her mission and uh, basically telling her that she has to go investigate Morgan after this whole stabbing incident and uh, assess her viability as a potential product going forward. Right. We can't have another Helsinki on our hands or whatever, which is the first first hint at whatever that might be. Yes. Also, shout out to uh, the company Sinsect, which is a great evil sounding corporate company name. (laughs) That's almost as bad as Biosyn from Jurassic whatever world. (laughs) I forgot about that. What what was the name of the movie? Um, One of the Jurassic worlds. Was the the last one? one. Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, Dominion. Yes. Biosyn. Uh, Yeah. Sinsect. Uh, Just a great evil sounding company uh, doing evil sounding things. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So Brian Cox worked for Sinsect. He's explaining the mission. Kate Mara gets there and and, uh, you know, they're at this like, kind of remote location in the woods, this like kind of big lab with a huge team involved. Uh, so really, it's same setup as Ex Machina, um, essentially. I mean, uh, in Ex Machina, uh, it's not after like some kind of like, you know, stabbing incident or whatever happens. But it's like, a, you know, the billionaire working on this thing uh, is bringing out Donald, Donald Gleason as like a product tester to kind of check it out. Right. That's. Yeah, he sort wins, the, like, the opportunity to be included in whatever this new project is at the yeah. company. and he's, like, the head of the, Oscar Isaac's, like, the head of the company, and so he right. brings over this employee. Uh, and this, in this case, uh, Kate Mara is, like, a risk analyst who's, like, trying to assess Morgan after this stabbing. Uh, and it's a lot more people here than an ex-machina. Because an ex-machina, yeah. it's just the two of them and Alicia Vikander, the robot. And the one girl who dances with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, uh, his, like, <laughs> girlfriend, t- caretaker lady. Um, yes, Who's also a robot at the end of that movie, I think, right? Um, oh, wait, yeah. Man, I should go watch X-Men. <laughs> that movie rules. Um, it was great, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's a little more interesting, right? Because it has like this kind of like manor house thing going on. Uh, yeah. Where the team lives, and then this like underground lab where they're keeping Morgan. So this kind of whatever juxtaposition between the two. Um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of dig these kind of movies in general, like a lot like Sunshine. It's just like a weird cast of characters that are all stuck together because this is their job, and they might not like each other and all the different relationships that go on. Um, I just think this movie does a lot le- a lot less of a job sketching out all those those relationships. Yes, and and I think that's one of the things that was so good about Sunshine is that movie is very much just about these people doing their job, like doing their mission. Um, but there are like a lot of just very small, subtle character moments uh, throughout that movie. Uh, like we talked about in that episode where like Rose Byrne is like in Killian Murphy's room and it's clear that like, hey, she's pretty comfortable just being in here on her own because they have been sleeping together. But that's like barely that's not even acknowledged in the movie. You know, right. like that kind of thing. Yeah. And this movie, they have to be like, well, yeah, we're married um, you know, <laughs> like or whatever. <laughs> they like kind of explicitly have to state everybody's relationship to each other. But yeah, so that's when Kate Mara shows up to this house and gets the. We get the exposition tour of the house of like, yeah. oh, and this is what she does, and this is who this is, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the first 20 minutes of this movie are just Kate Mara, like, meeting one person, then meeting another person, and then meeting another person. Uh, and it's all, like, a lot of the dialogue is, like, really weird and awkward in these scenes, too. It uh, is, yeah. Some, somebody who's like, oh, yes, we have showers. Hot water is ample. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, just very strange. But she's being shown around, and uh, she meets Amy, who is uh, Rose Leslie's character, a caretaker for Morgan or something, right? She's like... You know, she's, emotional needs or something. Yeah, I forget. They kind of all have some sort of specialty, and I think she's like some kind of behavioral something. I forget what she says she is. Yeah, um, behavioral specialist, like whatever. Um, yeah, 
Which is weird. Like, just just uh, let Rose Leslie have a Scottish accent. Why does she have to be American? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, so she meets Amy, and then she meets Skip, uh, who is the cook played by Boyd Holbrook. He's the nutritionist slash kitchen monkey, as he <laughs> describes himself. Uh, then she meets Kathy Grief, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character. Uh, she's in bed recovering from the stabbing, uh, her, and she has an eye patch now. Uh, and then she meets Ziegler, played by Toby Jones, uh, and you spend the most amount of time with him because he's the one who actually explains what's going on, what Morgan is, like just basically directly to the camera, to the audience, uh, explaining that this is a synthetic DNA creation. Morgan was the third attempt at this and the most successful one. And, you know, you're watching old home movies of Morgan when she was younger and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because this is the scene This uh, when she meets with Jennifer Jason Lee who has just taken uh, like medication or whatever. So she's like half, half lucid, you know? And she said something to, to Kate Mara that was like my friend when he called the a twist is like, Oh, well when Kate, uh, she met the doctor with the one eye, like she said this thing. Uh, and I think it's basically, she says like, Oh, there's just like something about you. And like, when you smile, you can tell there's like nothing behind it. Like you're yeah. just like, and, and in, in this context at the beginning of the movie, it's this kind of like corporate shield characterization, right? Like right. you're just here, you're here from corporate. They keep saying that, uh, like, well, you're a part of corporate and all that stuff. Um, so then when it's revealed at the end of the movie, what's really going on, you're True. like, Oh, here's the groundwork for it. So there's that, but yeah. And then, and then the scene with Toby Jones, uh, just like explaining everything is so like, I understand we have to do this, right? Like we have to set up what Morgan is and what's going on here, but it feels so ham fisted because, Kate Mara even says like, well, I've read the brief and he's like, well, okay. And then hits play on the video. Like, <laughs> so she's saying, I don't need you to explain it. And he explains it anyway. This is true. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, they put whatever bio with like artificial intelligence stuff into, into an embryo and it merged with her DNA. And now, she, now she's kind of this uh, Android type character. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, she, they're observing Morgan. Like she is in like a room with like the glass separating the room and like the observation deck or whatever. And they're talking about how she likes chess and she likes music. And then Weathers meets with Morgan and Morgan already knows who she is. She knows why she's there to assess her viability as a potential product stream and all that kind of stuff. So Morgan knows what she is. She know she knows everything about all that. She is saying all the things that she has to say or is supposed to say, right? She's like, I, I regret that I have done this thing that was bad and you're all yeah. upset about it and I'm sorry, uh, you know? So she's definitely just kind of like mimicking human emotion and stuff, like what the correct answer, I think she even says a couple times, like uses that phrase. And I think Annie Taylor-Joyce like sells that really well because like we talked about, she's like kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, she has like an alien presence uh, yeah. <laughs> that she can bring to this, which is great. Uh, and so, yeah, then after they meet, uh, we see Morgan kind of reflecting and we have a flashback that shows her and Amy like frolicking in the in the woods, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was one that I think is a really interesting theme that comes up throughout the movie. I guess uh, where they used to like allow Morgan like free access to the like area or whatever, like out of the lab and stuff. Uh, but like since the incident, they've had to cage her, right? Basically, yeah. is how they phrase it. I think Yo has the line that like the worst, the cruelest thing you could do to someone in a cage is like press their face to the window or something like that. Right? Uh, yeah. Which is pretty cool, and I think that that whole idea is is interesting. That like they've they've restrained her, they've restricted her her access to the to the natural natural world. Quote yes, unquote. and so uh, this is giving her she's has more unrest now uh, yeah. as a result of all that. Uh, and then yeah, Kate Mara is having dinner with the group at the dinner. That's when it's revealed that Morgan is actually only five years old, right? Even right. though she has like the body and mind of Anya Taylor Joy, uh, who is I guess probably around twenty or whatever when this movie came out, um, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, Morgan is actually five, uh, and then. Michelle Yeoh arrives. Everyone stands up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. You know? yeah. <laughs> like bow as she walks in. Uh, yeah, no, Michelle Yeoh arrives, speaks to Weathers a little bit, uh, has a kind of a cold uh, relationship with her, as does most of them because she's corporate, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Right. And they're the, they're the creatives who are trying to, you know, get something, get something done right in this world, you know? Exactly. And it is very funny um, because they start speaking Mandarin to each other, or at least – Kate Mara starts character starts like speaking Mandarin to uh, Dr. Chang. And all I could ever think about was how like yo had to learn was, was it Mandarin like phonetically for, yes, uh, for crashing tiger, <laughs> crashing tiger. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. Yeah. And that's sort of where it's revealed that like, you know, she was, yo was at Helsinki and all it took was one day for, I think she says for, th for a team of 30 to be taken down to only nine or something, nine survivors or something yeah. like that. Uh, so they've tried this before, like Toby Jones said, and it's, it has gone catastrophically. 
in the past. Exactly. And she's kind of talking about her lost prototypes, but also kind of considering them children. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it's something that uh, you really kind of put all of yourself into and you're, it's a science experiment, but you're also like raising them as people. And so you, it's like, almost impossible to not have some kind of emotional attachment to them and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, they have the dinner and then later, uh, Weathers and Skip are hanging out outside. Uh, they're on the balcony drinking, talking about Amy. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Kate Mara is like, oh, I thought maybe you and Amy. He's like, oh, you know, I mean, not not me and Amy, no. I mean, we fooled around a little bit. You know I mean? Who, does, who doesn't, you know? Who doesn't? But I'm not her type, you know? Yes. Uh, and then you're like, ah, interesting. So she's, like, gay in this movie, I guess. And then it's, for like, as all those flashbacks with her and Morgan in the woods and all this stuff that's like, oh, they're kind of all just accepting that she thinks she's in a relationship with Morgan. And it's this is really uncomfortable and weird. And, and so while they're talking about Amy, and, yeah, that is a whole weird subplot that, again, if the movie was, like, a little bit more fleshed out, like, if that, if that character had more to do or, like, we could explore that relationship a little bit more, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but as is, it just feels like, perfunctory and like it's so not there that like you know the whole like, gay undertones of it like you can totally miss that entirely yeah uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know so while weathers and skip are hanging out outside talking um amy is actually um sneaking into morgan's room and disabling the security cameras and they do that whole like hands on the glass thing to each other and you're like yes. oh i see okay all right yeah um and so she's telling morgan just like hey be yourself you know you're, you're gonna get out of here and then one day i'm gonna take you to lake navarre it's just like heaven you know that kind of thing exactly yeah um so that's the whole the whole thing. And of course, that's, you know, I guess the the whole Morgan is manipulating these people to like her or love her so that they she can use them to escape, basically, uh, in the end. Uh, but for a long time there, it's like, this is this is weird. <laughs> yes, 100%. Uh, and so while that's all going on, Skip and Weathers are still hanging out. Skip is kind of talking about Morgan and talking about how, you know, every, every one of them really loves her. But I don't know. It gives me the creeps. <laughs> Yeah, like, kind of weird. He's the only sensible person in this movie, actually. <laughs> He's the only one that's like, this is some uncanny valley shit, right? Like, this is yeah. this is strange to look at, huh? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go back to this lasagna. <laughs> All right, Skip. Uh, and then he kisses Weathers. Yep. Um, and, you know, she kind of pushes him aside and uh, she she's going to leave. She says goodnight. Uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Just, you know, I've been here alone so long. You know, I had to take my shot, you know, whatever. Uh, and then as, as she's leaving, um, he says, like, she makes a perfect risotto. Like Morgan yeah. makes like a perfect risotto. And that's like the weirdest thing about her. Like she's an artificial intelligence. She shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, yeah. Because that's like a distinctly human thing to be able to cook that. Right. But yeah, she makes a perfect risotto. It's delicious. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He says that that's the, like the, everybody always talks about, you have to like cook with your soul and your heart and, and, and feel the food, you know, it's all that emotion and what you put into it. It's uh, all that we learned from final recipe. Exactly. Everything we learned. <laughs> Uh, so I started watching MasterChef again recently, uh, oh, really? totally unrelated, but there's, there's, uh, all I can think about is this, the shots in final recipe where he's doing like the double onion chop thing. And he's just like, chop, 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 chop. And it's like, yeah, his father, like, that's my technique. Um, that's all I could think about while I watch MasterChef. <laughs> um, so yeah, that comes, they, they final recipe in, in Morgan basically. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so she leaves, and uh, as far as Skip and Weathers go, it's pretty much it. There's not anything yeah. more there. I mean, it's just kind of like an extra thing. I think the idea is because that happened, it might like kind of plant in your mind, like, oh, maybe they'll have some kind of relationship after the movie ends or something. But that and that kind of like reinforces the uh, the twist at the end when she does kill Skip. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. You think <laughs> that she might let him live, but nope. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, then we see a continuation of the flashback from before where Morgan and Amy were frolicking in the woods. Uh, they find a deer, yes. uh, like a wounded deer, and Morgan goes up to the deer and kills it in front of Amy. <laughs> Snaps its neck. Yes. Yeah. Because I guess she is a robot? I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> the, 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 I think the, she's she's just, uh, you know, has psychopathic tendencies, you know, because, I mean, she jumped over and stabbed Jennifer Jason Lee, and, you know, there was yeah. this deer thing, which I think Amy might have kept under wraps. Yeah, definitely, but it is, but it is like a like weirdly merciful thing, right? The deer has this uh, like stick, st- like j- stabbed into it, and it's wounded and on its side, and like Morgan is holding it, is asking Amy, "Is it dying? Like, can we help it?" Uh, kind of thing, and then just snaps its neck to like end its m- misery. But, yeah. Like also really horrific. Uh, so it's like you know the, the duality of man or whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. Totally, man. Yeah, uh, Morgan. And- yeah, so the next day, Dr. Shapiro arrives for the evaluation. Uh, it's Paul Giamatti, and uh, everyone's just really excited to see him because he's Paul Giamatti. Every, you know, I think everybody should have st- stood up for Paul Giamatti also. 
<laughs> he really, I mean, like like we said before, he fucking kills it in this movie. It's, it's wild, yeah. It's, it's so crazy to watch him just walk into the movie like 45 minutes in, get killed off 10 minutes later uh, and leave the biggest impression because uh, he he walks in and he's like, you know, this uh, like Kate Mara, like a corporate analyst, right? He's the right. guy who Morgan has to impress in order for him to uh, kind of approve her to go ahead as a product line or whatever. Uh, and, you know, the way he's talking about it, like he's, you know, delayed because of his other, like uh, all of his work that he has to do. He's so flustered uh, and he's talking to Toby Jones and it's like, she's a goddamn microwave for all I care. That's what I want. Like, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's just really, really, really great. Uh, and then, you know, he's about to interview her and there's this protective glass in the way. Right. Uh, and he makes them get rid of it. He's like shouting at them. Listen, if this thing has to talk to me through protective glass, it already failed. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> uh, so they have to let him in the room basically. Uh, yes. So they sit at a table together, which um, is a good point. It like, absolutely think, is. Yeah, I, I I do think he maybe shouldn't have gone through with the interview. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, if they were so insistent on the protective glass. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he he absolutely makes his point that like if I can't go, go can't even go in there, it's so dangerous. Then what am I even doing here? Um, yeah. So, uh, but then I, this I, this whole uh, psych evaluation, this whole conversation is like really intense. I was really impressed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Shapiro uh, interviews Morgan. He's across the table from her and. Uh, just kind of starts provoking her a little bit, right? Like throughout the interview and kind of giving her hypothetical scenarios. Like, you know, if I didn't approve you and you were to be terminated, I recommended you be terminated. What would you do? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a little bit of a, like kind of before it gets to that moment, which is sort this is where she's like saying the thing that she knows she needs to say to not be terminated. Right. Like, well, I right. regret that I've done this, I made this error and I'm sorry for my action and all that stuff. And that's where you sort of get the, notion that she's really just mimicking what these people all want to see. Yeah. Uh, and is aware that if she says the right combination of things, she may be able to get what she wants. Um, yeah. And she tries to talk to Paul Giamatti a little bit, like kind of as just a person like, Oh, right. are, you're a father, right? Like I'm a child. Like that's yeah. <laughs> but also, but also they like drop the little hint right before Paul Giamatti goes in that she seems to be developing precognition, <laughs> like that she knows what's going to happen. Right. And then says his full name and is like, and your daughter, whatever. Like you haven't seen her in months, right? Like she starts, she just knows about him somehow. Yeah. Uh, gets him really on edge to when he's then saying like, so hypothetically, if I recommend you for termination, like what would you do? And like, and then he starts provoking her in a really antagonistic way. So she goes over the table. Yeah, she jumps over the table and uh, bites into his jugular vein. Uh, just yeah, like rips his neck out. Yeah, rips out of his neck with her mouth uh, and kills him. Uh, and it ruled. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then as soon as that happens, you know, alarms going off. Uh, Darren comes in, the guy from This Is Us, and he like, you know, she attacks him. Uh, doesn't kill him, but she attacks him, uh, and she like runs out the door. Uh, the alarms are going off. Weathers is uh, going to search for her, uh, and Morgan makes it outside. Amy is out there waiting outside. She's not been allowed to be part of the observation thing because of her relationship with Morgan, essentially. And then Amy sees her and is like, Morgan? And then... Weathers gets Morgan with a tranquilizer dart. With the tranquilizer, yeah. And that was all really intense. I was like, well, this is pretty cool. Like, if we're finally... Because I also wasn't sh- sure if this was supposed to be, like, a horror movie or not. Because I couldn't remember anything about it. But I feel like I remember the trailer being, like, horror movie-esque. So I was like, okay, here we go. It's sort of going to be... We're finally in that mode. But then uh, she wakes up on the table, right? Now Morgan comes to... She's restrained. Everybody is there in the lab. Yes. Uh, and this is where I think Michelle Yeoh is talking about, like, okay, if we give her... Whatever, t- 10 cc's of this and then 30 cc's of this, blah, blah, blah. They're going to execute yes. her, basically. Yeah, Yo is the only one who knows what they have to do, basically. Yeah. Like, she's the one, she has a plan of action, and uh, Toby Jones is protesting, and she dismisses him and tells him, right. go, go back to your room, have a drink, and wait this out. Kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah. And so he leaves. Uh, and yeah, Michelle, yeah, was kind of prepping to kill Morgan. She's like prepping the sedative or like the, um, you know, the shot with whatever is going to kill her. Uh, and Morgan is pleading for her life from the table saying, please, mother. And Michelle, Yeoh says, you have no mother. Uh, right. Yeah. Pretty cold blooded. Damn. Got him. And yeah, they do sedate her, I believe. Right. They they make that injection. But before yes. they inject whatever the lethal thing will be, I don't remember what happened. Oh, they all they like mutiny. Right. They're like, we're getting we're getting her out of here. Right? Uh, yeah. So they're they're about to kill her. Um, and then Darren is supposed to do it, but he refuses to. He like says, like, yeah, fuck you. And then leaves and he and Brenda get out of there. Uh, so Weathers is going to do it. Kate Mara right. is like just gonna like whatever I'll take I'll take care of this I have no emotional attachment here I will do it but then when Weathers is about to uh, Amy tranquilizes her 
Yes, she takes the Trank right. gun and uh, yeah, tranquilizes uh, Weathers. And so Weathers wakes up trapped in Morgan's room. And in the cell. Yeah, in the cell. And Ted won't let her out. He's like there watching from the uh, window. At around this time, uh, Kathy, Jennifer Jason Lee, just kind of wanders out of bed confused. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> like, been sedated this whole time, uh, recovering yeah. from her wounds. And so she just gets up and uh, you think, oh, maybe she'll be involved in something uh, later in the movie. But no, she just gets killed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But she's wandering out of bed now. Uh, And then we see Darren uh, sneaking back in and he wakes Morgan up to help her escape. Um, But instead, Morgan kills him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. They're they're like all filling bags with supplies and stuff from the lab, and they're 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 gonna flee with Morgan. And yeah, they un they unbuckle her from the table. And as Darren is like picking her up, she I think headbutts him or some shit and just like knocks him out. Yeah. And then stabs him with the lethal syringe and injects him with it and just kills him. Uh, and everyone's like, what? We never saw this coming. Um, <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? This robot? Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, she kills Darren, and then she grabs Ted's gun and kills him in front of Weathers. Yeah, uh, that was kind of intense. That was pretty cool. Uh, and, yeah, so she kills him, and then she leaves Weathers behind. She leaves Weathers trapped in the in her old cell. Right. Uh, and then she and Amy are, like, running away. Like, she, Morgan and Amy are getting out of there. Yes, yeah. And that's then uh, they come upstairs, and it's... Uh, Brenda is like loading the car, right? And she's yep. like, where's Darren? And then they have like a fist, like a regular ass, like action movie fist fight. Yeah, Brenda, like, very good fighter. Like do it, like doing flips and shit. Like, yeah, very weird. <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, Morgan and Brenda have a fight. Morgan does kill her. Yeah. Um, Morgan kills Brenda. Uh, and then Morgan is getting in the car with Amy and then decides she has to so- go say goodbye to mother. And then she goes back in the house and finds Jennifer Jason Lee being like, what's going on? And she just blows her away. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, yes, that happens. And while that's going on, uh, you see Michelle Yeoh recording a report, uh, in her office, uh, kind of talking about how they, they are, you know, terminating Morgan, all that kind of stuff. I don't think she realizes what has happened yet. And while this is also all going on, uh, Weathers finds a way out of the room. She like finds like a, you know, there's like, there's like an air vent or something she can kind of climb out of. Um, which, you know, is another hint at whatever the next, the, at the twist for her. Yes. Cause it's like, how does she know to do that and climb all the way up there, break through that skylight or whatever the hell she does. Um, and then, yeah, she finds Spike or Skip or whatever his name is. Uh, uh Skip. And they're like, we're in this together, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. We, we are one uh, true lovers uh, at this moment. Yeah. On. Uh, and so Morgan finds Michelle Yeoh. Uh, and also while she is that in Michelle Yeoh's room, uh, Weathers discovers that Ziggler, Toby Jones has hung himself. Yes, that's right. Um, so he, like even before all this has happened, you know, because he thinks they're going to kill Morgan, his life's work is down the drain. He's just going to kill himself in his room. Uh, and so he has, uh, and then Morgan smothers Michelle Yeoh and kills her. Kills her on, on video. The, the, the like diary thing is still going. Yes. Uh, that's a weird moment. And yeah, I don't remember when they reveal that like a Morgan is a weapon. Right? Like that that's what this is all for. Yeah. I think maybe that's just when Brian Cox is talking about it. It might be when Brian Cox is talking. Yeah. You're right. Um, so that, that might be in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so then Skip finds Amy in the car and Morgan shows up, and Morgan and Amy drive off, and uh then Weathers chases after them. Uh, and then it's one of the lamest car chases uh that I've ever seen in the movie. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's pretty lame, but it also is one of those things that like doesn't make sense until like after it's revealed what's going on with uh with weathers, but you're like, why is this like a weird, I mean, it's a lame action movie car chase, but it's like, why is this an action movie car chase happening where they're like bumping into each other and like, yeah. all this shit going on. And you're like, here's somebody from corporate. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. But they're not paying you enough for this, right? Uh, yeah. Come on. Uh, but yeah, and weathers ultimately crashes, uh, yes. and then skip arrives. He's in a car behind them, uh, and he picks her up. And so he's going to drive. Uh, but so Morgan and Amy are ahead of them. Morgan and Amy make it to the lake, the lake that Amy always wanted to take Morgan to that told her she was going to take her there. Uh, and Morgan's like, is this what heaven is like? You know, all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, um, Weathers is now running through the woods. She has skips hunting rifle because they hunt here. Uh, also, yes. uh, and they have like a kind of shootout f- f- fist fight through the woods basically yeah. so weathers is firing her gun in the woods and that alerts morgan um she's yeah. like kind of trying to draw her out uh and then morgan tackles her and they fight in the woods they have a big fight until ultimately uh morgan tosses weathers and impales her on a tree branch she gets logan yeah 
Um, Speaking of Boyd Holbrook. Uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's like a moment here where they show the branch and like the, the blood on the branch is like, like got this like kind of iridescent quality to it. And you're like, yes. hmm, like <laughs> stroking your beard. Like, what is this? Interesting. I, I didn't notice the weird quality of the blood. Um, so at, for me, and for me not having guessed the twist, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, well, Weathers is dead. There it is. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, she, and you kind of see her kind of, you don't see her die there. No, um, yeah, but you Morgan see her, her there. Yeah, but you see her kind of like, you know, you know, kind of just flopping down, right? Like kind yeah, of like, you resigned. Know, she's, yeah, resigned a little bit. And so Weathers is impaled. It seems like she is about to die. Uh, and so Morgan goes back, like she goes back to the dock with Amy. Amy pulls a gun on her yeah. uh, and says, Morgan, we have to go back. We have to stop this. Uh, but then, turns out, Weathers is standing right behind Morgan. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then she just, like, it's so lame that she just, like, shoulder checks Morgan into the water and then st- jumps off the dock and drowns her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that would, like, uh, I don't know. It's just I the guess most, that would do it, right? It would do it, but it's just, like, the most anticlimactic version of that. Um it would have been better if not cheesier to have Amy kill her, uh, like shoot Morgan. Um, but instead, yeah, she uh, weathers, drowns Morgan, um, and then climbs back on the dock with Amy and is like, uh, "Give me the gun!" Like, kind of like Amy's obviously having uh, like breakdown now, right? And freaking we- and, out. Yeah, and but weathers now seems like okay. Well, she's a person you can trust because she right. took down she took down Morgan. She took down the threat. Uh, so, she, so Amy gives her the gun and then she points the gun at Amy and kills her. Just blows her away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then she walks away and then Skip is like, hey, what happened back there? And she's like, oh, I wish you wouldn't have asked questions, Skip. And then she kills him. Yeah. <laughs> she's him. Uh, and then I think she just gets in the car and drives away, right? Yeah, she gets in the car and drives away. And then Brian Cox tells me what happens. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He talks to the viewer and says, oh, well, we see the L9 uh, was an inferior program all along. You know, all that emotional development and stuff, that's all well and good. Um, but, you know, that's not really what we want out of these things. Uh, so all development shall revert to the L4. Uh, she's a perfect weapon. And the camera is on Kate Mara when he says that. And she kind of does the thing with her hands that Morgan does, where she's kind of yeah. looking at them, right? Uh, so, yeah, Weathers was a robot the whole time. The end. The end. Cut to credits. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember exactly when. Yeah, one of my friends, I think it was like after like she had killed Paul Giamatti and and I think it was when she climbed up the, when Weathers climbs up the thing and breaks out of the window and all that. Yeah. My friend was like, how much do you want to bet she's a robot too? <laughs> I was like, you know what? You're probably right, actually. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it turns out all, all movies are the same. Yeah, no, your friend called it. Uh, it's very much like uh, when you uh, called the ending of Powder uh, for the Jeff Goldblum podcast where you're like, what if he just gets struck by lightning and turns into a beam of light or something? And then yeah. turns out that's how Powder ends. That's how Powder ends. Yeah, so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Morgan Morgan is, it's, fi- it's fine. I don't know why. I don't know, understand what is missing from it that makes it not be really good. And I don't really quite understand the full just revulsion that the world had to this movie. Uh, Like a a true hard pass from the world (laughs) on Morgan. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it was because like Westworld was very popular then and everyone was just like, we've had this already. And and Ex Machina. Sure. Ex Machina. It it was, it's a a story that had been done in many different forms much better. I think. I think that's it. Yeah. That said, I did enjoy watching Morgan more than season three of Westworld. So take that for what it's worth. I only ever watched the first season, I think. Uh, yeah, the first season is the one worth watching. Although I have heard, I mean, I, I watched seasons two and three and uh, did not like either of them very much. Um, but I have heard, and I stopped watching the show after three, I heard the fourth season, which ended up being the last because it was canceled. I heard the fourth season of Westworld was kind of good. Like it got back to like the, the wow. roots of the show or whatever. Uh, but I was burned too many times by Westworld to... <laughs> To dive yeah. back in, you know, I, I do wish more people understood what I was saying when I said this doesn't look like anything to me, um, <laughs> but but nobody gets it. <laughs> so I got it, a, Mike. Thanks, I Mike. got it. <laughs> I meant gin pop, you know, sure. I mean. Yeah. The kids these days. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. So, Morgan, it's OK. Let's get in some letterbox reviews and see what the people have to say about this one, Mike. Yes. Uh, here's a two star review uh, from Tasha Robinson, film critic. Uh, This film had a concluding twist that barely qualifies as a twist and could have been a fairly brilliant theme instead if the filmmakers had made it clear what was going on early and explored the ideas that suggested instead of trying to turn it into a reveal. Also, the actual end of the film is literally two people in a room explaining the ending psycho (laughs) style for anyone who missed it. (laughs) 
This is the poor man's ex machina, trying for some of the same ideas and pathos and nervy developments, but without any of the same depth and with a lot more victims. Also, Paul Giamatti as the world's dumbest, most careless analyst, <laughs> essentially the corporate equivalent of the alien poking idiot xenobiologist in Prometheus. That's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as much as I loved his performance, his character is pretty dumb in the movie. Like to get rid of the glass and still go ahead with the interview, you know, like yeah. after after everything. Um, but yeah, the, again, the movie is literally two people in a room explaining the ending. <laughs> yeah. Just like Psycho. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like Clarice being like, I don't need any of this. I could go in there with Dr. Lecter. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> it's the same move. Uh, here's a two and a half star review from Lisa, the beauty queen. In the same way that Lights Out is Baby's first Babadook, uh, Morgan is Baby's first Ex Machina. <laughs> it's fine, it's not particularly impressive, but there's not much to actually hate either. It's the worst type of film to write about because there's literally nothing to say about it because it's just a mishmash of various sci-fi concepts and ideas that have been explored before and better. It's a shame, really, that such an impressive cast, Anya Taylor-Joy, Kate Mara, Toby Jones, Paul Giamatti, Jennifer Jason Lee, Brian Cox, that beardy guy from the first episode of Stranger Things, is wasted... <laughs> <laughs> on such a pedestrian script. But at the end of the day, I was entertained well enough, I guess, in the final twist as a tiny yet welcome jolt of something even remotely interesting happening. It's also the end of Split, where it's like we're just in a diner and reveal that like, oh, this other thing has been going on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess that comes out after. Yes. Um, but yeah, it is it is fun that, that there kind of really isn't a ton to say, but we're gonna we've done an hour on it already. So yeah, absolutely. I do I do also want to mention quick that uh, you know the the final twist does put this movie into like Blade Runner thematic territory, and yeah. the previous review was like, yeah, if they if they had explored that throughout the movie. Uh, that could be interesting <laughs> instead of make instead of making that a reveal. Um, but yeah, the uh, the entire idea of Blade Runner, which of course the Ridley Scott connection is here. He produced this movie and it's directed by his son. The idea of Blade Runner is that you know is Deckard a replicant or is he not? Uh, and that's like a question that kind of permeates throughout the movie. There's a lot of rich potential there. People debated that for many many years. Morgan just uh, that's the twist at the end. And who knows? <laughs> it, she's definitively a robot. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, here's a three and a half star review from Josh. Anya Taylor-Joy straight up karate kicks Kate Mara across a forest with the force of a wrecking ball. And I loved it so much. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm with this guy. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was pretty cool. Uh, and here is a two and a half star review from Matt. This is the last one. It's Ex Machina without the brains, Lucy without the style, and Hannah without the chemical brothers. <laughs> Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy's turn to be the latest brilliant actress playing a sort of lab rat weapon type thing. The writing largely sucked and the support was as bland as it gets, save for Paul Giamatti swinging in for a bit and reminding the rest how to act. Uh, but once the first hour is over and was in sight, it was a bit of fun, although Anya Taylor-Joy never really seemed that comfortable. She's better than this. Oh, it's her second movie. Give her a break. Yeah, it's um. her second movie, yeah. I mean, but she is phenomenal in The Witch. Like, that's Absolutely, really, like, yeah. it, it is one of those things where it's like, man, when I saw The Witch, I was like, she's going to she's gonna be a star. She's going to be going places. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Remember Hannah? Isn't didn't that also get, like, a multi-season TV adaptation or some shit? There, there is an Amazon Prime TV show based on the movie Hannah, um, and I think it has run for at least two seasons, maybe three. Uh, and I think, I want to say somebody's in it. I, I was going to say Jennifer Jason Lee, but I don't think it's her. Uh, Is it not uh, anybody? I doubt like Eric Vanna or any of those or uh source you in her back, right? They're not. Uh, no, they are not. Uh, Hannah is a TV show. It, uh, it just ended. It looks like, oh. um, but, uh, it ran for three seasons, uh, and it starred Esme Creed, uh, miles as Hannah, but it also had, uh, Muriel Enos, uh, from the killing, I think, right. Was she in the killing? Yeah. Yeah. She was the lead of the killing. Got uh, it. Wait, also, Joel Kinnaman is in this. He was also in The Killing. This flag himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the cast of The Killing in this thing. Those sons uh, of bitches. They did it. I remember. Hannah, I think, is good. I haven't seen that in forever. I, I, I liked, it. I liked Hannah. I, I saw that movie when it came out and liked it, but I have not seen it since. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, though. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Muriel Enos, Joel, Killen, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Dermot Mulroney is in uh, the Hannah TV show, and uh, Ray Liotta was in season three. Wow. Yeah. I guess we've all been sleeping on the Hannah TV show. Uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty cool cast uh, that they got going on here. If you were a fan of AMC's The Killing, uh, this seems like the show to watch. I should watch The Killing, or at least the first season. I really disliked The Killing. Really? Interesting. <laughs> I watched uh, maybe, because it was one of those shows that like, you know, because Mad Men and Breaking Bad had been critical hits, uh, yeah. people were paying attention to AMC. Uh, and so it was like, oh, AMC has The Killing. We got to watch it. And it was like positioned as one of their big shows. Uh, and I watched like six or seven episodes of the first season and was like, this sucks. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did not like it. 
Um, but I, I think I was dating somebody at the time who was really into it. And so that's why I saw the first few episodes. Just kind so of get hated it, it because they loved it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it tore no, me up inside. Exactly. I remember my friends really liked it or at least watched the first like season or two. And then either got mad they solved the crime and kept going or got mad they didn't solve the crime. And I don't I think remember. that was the thing. I think um, – so the first season does not end with them solving the crime. That it's like a season. Been. It's a season-long thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of like red herrings. Like uh, that's, that's what bugged me about the show in the first few episodes. It was like they would spend like three episodes on a lead or like a clue or whatever. And then it would have nothing to do with uh, like what actually happened or like, it would be like, well, yeah. that was a dead end. And it's like, well, that's not – that's not narratively satisfying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it, it was a weird thing. I think it kind of fancied itself to be sort of like Twin Peaks where like, you know, you don't need to solve the mystery necessarily, um, but it didn't have anything going for it beyond the mystery like Twin Peaks did, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a weird thing. So I think with the killing, like they finally solved that crime at the end of season two. And then there was a third season where they did do a whole crime and like throughout the season. I think that was it. There might've been a season four. I don't remember. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> In any case... Morgan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, a film like The Killing that I probably won't think about all that much <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any last thoughts on Morgan, Mike, before I start wrapping this up? Not a ton. I, it's kind of a fun, you know, like cultural archaeology thing we've done from five years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as uncovering this movie for us. Seven years ago now, Mike. Seven, Seven years, years ago. ago. I don't know. In the before times, it it's different now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was September 2016. Donald Trump was elected president uh, two months later. God. Just to put that into perspective. Jesus. No wonder nobody remembers anything from this time period. We're too traumatized. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun to to have gone back to watch this movie, even though it's like, fine, it's whatever. I probably won't think about it a ton, but it could be fun to just make this my personality. <laughs> like be the, the Morgan guy. The guy who kind of likes Morgan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can see that happening on the pod. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I think I think it's also fine. It has some good elements to it. It's fun enough. Uh, yeah, it's dumb, but it's it's a good time. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. So that is Morgan, and uh, that's going to take us to the end of this week's episode of the podcast. So Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MDFanBlog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, and if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is mikeandmikepods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. You can find me online at msmithfilmblog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W-R-K-S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press, alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books, movie news, and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Uh, join us in the next week in the Complete Works. Uh, Mike D is on vacation. That's right. I'm gone, baby. <laughs> so uh, we have banked a couple of episodes and we'll be releasing a special bonus discussion where we talk Michelle Yeoh's first TV role on Strike Back Legacy, uh, which I only watched the first episode of. Mike D watched, I believe, the first five episodes. Uh, yes. So you got pretty deep into it. Did you ever uh, finish the show, Mike? Just out of curiosity? I did not because I started watching a different TV show, but it is weirdly <laughs> connected to Strike Back Legacy. Stay ah. tuned to last week's episode of uh, <laughs> of our discussions is that what you're yeah. uh, okay yeah. fair enough is it the first four seasons of strike back is that what it, no that what it no was? it's another cinemax original tv show is it really yeah <laughs> okay nice uh all right so we'll get into that uh on mike and mike go to the movies remember to check out that podcast for all kinds of other movie related stuff including recent releases ranked lists general discussions and whatever cinemax show that uh, mike is watching at this moment yes it's uh, called warrior i feel like i should plug it here it's called oh, yeah. Warrior. yeah I, i've heard of that actually yeah i think that, that's a that's on just max now right that, it that? is yeah it was two seasons uh of cinemax and then now it's Max original uh, for right. the third season. It lost the Cinna. It's just cleaner. It's just way. Max. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, brand synergy between HBO and Cinemax. <laughs> just <laughs> it call it just be Max. Max. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And thanks for taking it, yo. Yo. <laughs>